This is episode 13 of the Chicken Charge podcast with host and CEO of All-in-One Security, Mary Parker. Today's guest is Dr. Joyce Irons. Irons is the founder and managing therapist of the Clarity Psychological Group. She and her associates provide counseling services to individuals, couples, and families using holistic and mindful approaches. Dr. Irons specializes in areas of mood and personality disorder, weight loss and nutrition, anxiety, and phobias. Welcome to the Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chicken charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Hello, hello, hello. This is Mary Parker, CEO of All-in-One Security and the host of the Chick in Charge podcast. This is a very, very exciting day for us today because we continue to bring you these shows weekly and it's all about empowering women. And we are going to have various segments. And today we're going to start our segment in talking with Dr. Joyce Irons. And Dr. Joyce Irons is a psychologist who brings clarity to your confusion. And I also have with me my co-host, Sarah Smith, Sarah's CEO at Solutions Road. And Port, are you gonna give us a shout out today? And we have Port Wilson, and Port's always behind the scene. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. We are so excited to be here with Dr. Joyce Irons. I'm really, I've really been looking forward to this. Oh, so we, we all have been looking forward to speaking with you, Dr. Joyce said. We are going to just dive right in here and ask you, well, what is mental health? We are going to learn a little bit about you first. So let's just start out with you telling us a little bit about Dr. Joyce Irons. Thank you so very much, Mrs. Parker, for inviting me. And it's very nice to be here with you, Sarah and Poet. I'm very delighted to be here and to share some of the information on mental health Thank and the you. conceptions and the misconceptions we've had about mental health. And the first thing I want to say is that mental health is a state of being. It's a state of well-being for the individual to recognize his or her own potentials, can cope with the necessities of life, and make a healthy contribution to his or her own community. Wow. That was a great overview of mental health. Really? You know, we're really going to get into this, and I can't wait to ask the question, why is it that people relate mental health to having a crazy state of mind. Hold on to that, because I want you to tell us, did you see this coming when you were a young lady? What was the first job that you had? I didn't see it coming as a young lady, but my father did. Ooh, how interesting. My father, who only had a sixth grade education, had five girls and two boys, and he had taught and trained the boys how to be good men and good husbands, how to cook, clean, and do all the necessities of life. But for his five girls, he said to us, you all must go to college. At, at okay. sixth grade education, he insisted that we had a formal education. And he said, the reason being, 
I know my boys will make good husbands, but I'm not sure of the husbands that will be in my daughter's lives. Wow. And not only do I want you to go to college, but I wanted you to go to Tuskegee. Oh. At that time, I didn't even know Tuskegee was a private college. There my dad had seven children, six grade and education. He knew. he knew. He knew. He said if Booker T. Washington and George Washington Carver could do this much with the sweet potato and the peanut, yeah. that you would always have a job. He said, and when you get married, I may not always be around, but when you marry someone, if you have a formal education, no does not mean a deny. It can be a delay. But it does not mean a deny. You have a voice, and you can make healthy decisions. I have lived by that. Love it. That was my first vote of confidence in what life was all about. You know, and that was so important, Dr. Joyce, because you got that vote of confidence I from did. your daddy. First man, yes. my first love of my life. Yes. Yes, male. That was a wonderful explanation He of sounds that. amazing. Yeah, well, we've had conversations uh, about about her family, and right. especially her mom and dad, and the stories are just phenomenal. Amazing. And you have walked many of those stories out. I'm sure they would be so proud of you today. Yep. I think they would. Yes, I yes. think they would. So if, with that, I, I must think about today, you have walked in the teachings that your dad um, suggests and taught you as a, as a child. What would you say to that younger person today? Mm. What would I say to the younger person today is <clears throat> that difference is not bad. That's the first thing that I would say, that it's okay to be different. And all of my life, I was a middle child. Let me just say that. I was a middle child. Number two. I was, no, no, I was number four. There were three older and there were three younger. So I was dead in the middle. So I was always different. What is the life and of a middle I, child? I, a life of a middle child. That's yeah. a good book. Uh, is it a book? Child Syndrome is okay. one that okay. you know, I need okay. to write. But anyway, <laughs> I, I dare to be different because different is okay. And I learned a long time ago to learn to listen. It's all right to talk, to know what you're talking about, but it's great to listen and to be a good listener. Uh, be slow to speak. I learned that. That younger person would tell the older person, be patient. You would get there. Life is a journey, but you have to take incremental steps to get there. And don't overlook the steps. Wow. Be a good listener. Yeah. That is like the number one characteristic of a great leader. That's right. To be a good listener. Fantastic. Uh, so Dr. Dr. Irons, it. This is, off, this is kind of off the cuff. You are also married to a doctor. <laughs> what would you say to an aspiring young person today um, who wants to be a doctor, and they've also set their priorities, stating that they will also be married to a doctor? What type of dynamics go on into, uh, what type of dynamics go on in a family when you have two doctors or even three or four doctors <laughs> when you have children who also followed your, your footsteps? First of all, let me say it's not easy. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's fun and it's realistic. 
uh, our relationship is a relationship of strength. We both love each other. But the most important ingredient in our relationship is the one word, stemming back to my dad, confidence. You have to be confident. My husband is a Virgo, strong, confident. I am an Aries, strong, confident. So we both realized that both of us could not lead at the same time. We had to choose our expertise. What was very, very, very familiar to him, and when he was the expert, I knew how to listen and listen well. I knew how to be supportive. He had to learn that lesson. He was a male and very confident, and so he had to learn that even though I'm much younger, that I am confident, that I have a skill, and I also have a voice. And with my voice, my voice is a spiritual voice. It's not an angry voice. Uh, the, a lot of women that I see have a voice, but their voice speaks out of pain or anger. But I learned a long time ago, you could have a soft voice, almost a whisper, and be heard. So because we both are doctors, we are not our name. We are our ability to stand back and love each other and adore each other from our soul. Not our heart, our soul, because we both know that's where God lives. Oh, wonderful, wonderful answer. I'm just mesmerized here. Me too. You know, I just want to let her just keep going on and on and <laughs> on. Uh, but I know that we want to keep the conversation somewhat focused here. Dr. Joyce, you know, I, I, I walked into one of the offices earlier, and one of our directors had a supervisor in the office. And I noticed right away that there was an emotion of something going on. And the first thing she said to me was, I didn't want you to see me crying. Wow. You know, with all of the evolution and all the things that are going on with women, we have also become that person of strength, that person who everybody looks to as being so strong. What do we say to the women, especially who's listening today, and everybody has placed her on this pedestal of being that strong woman? Can you address that for us? How can we back off that? Confidence, strength, people think are the same, but they're not. Thank you. That's a very important question, Mrs. Parker. And let me just say to you, I get that same kind of dynamics going on in my office that women say, oh, I promised myself I'm not going to cry. And I said, why? Even though we are strong, our tears do not define our strength. We are, that's part of our strength, our emotions. And it's okay to be vulnerable. It's all right to cry because we are also human. And because we play the role as a superwoman does not mean that we do not have all of the character and emotions that anyone else will have. And it's not weak. 
It is just daring to be vulnerable and to own it. And when you own your vulnerability, that makes you even stronger. Right. So it's it. yeah. all right to sense. cry. Yeah. And if you don't cry, if you withhold your tears, you will cause other organs to weep. Right. Ooh. Wow. That is wonderful. Okay. Yeah. When I get home today, cry. I'm going in my closet. Cry. And I'm going to cry. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to cry cuz I don't want to hurt me. Cry. But let, <laughs> let me test. I'm going to cry now. But just let me just <laughs> add this. When you cry mm. and when you when you share all of that pain and all everything that you have suppressed, when you finish crying, you have the answer. When the tears are all gone, you can then fall in love with that person that you did not know. And it's called self. Who love it? <laughs> Don't you just love this guy? Yeah. This is wonderful, <laughs> Dr. Joyce. Yeah, I could just go on and on and on. Sarah, I'm going to let you chime in here. Oh, my God, I, I don't know what to say. You can't wait. I don't know what to say here. Um, when you were talking about um, loving your husband and how confident he was, um, my husband and I, we love each other very, very deeply, and we've been through a lot. We've been married what, next week. May 9th is our 26th year anniversary. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, good for you. We went through hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you went through it. Oh, we you, didn't, went, you didn't stop. No. Okay. No. And Here's uh, a great one for all your thoughts. Okay, Here's a go great ahead. one I want to share ahead. right here. I had a lady say to me once, because I'm not married, and I like to ask questions of married women or couples, how did you do it? What are some of the things that I need to look for if I'm going to you know, began preparing to be someone's wife. And one of the things this lady said to me, it was the most profound thing I've ever heard. She says, now we haven't always been in love. That's right. That's she right. says, but we didn't stop liking each other. Right. right. And we kept liking each right. other Family. until love came Family. around That's again. Right. Yes. I said, to my, so I said to my husband the other day, because he did something goofy, and... I laughed. Uh, when I first met him, we were at a party, and he did something goofy at the party. And I laughed, and nobody else laughed. And I just couldn't stop laughing. And that is, so, that is the one thing that we share that is it's forever. My children don't even understand it. They'll see us, and we'll just be doing something stupid and, and start to laugh. And I don't know if... if how, how important other people think humor is or laughter is, but for us, it is cathodic. the thing it is that cathodic. ties us together. It is the, the thing. It's cathodic. It's yeah. cleansing, and you have to laugh. Yeah. Life is not that serious, and being in love means that you can be goofy. Yeah. You can have that space that only you and your husband know what's going on. Right. And it's okay. It's good. It's, it's very good. But let me say this also. I hear you saying, uh, my husband and I love each other, and it's been rough, and all of this. You can imagine my husband being 20 years older than me. Okay. How different the culture is. Yeah. And so my husband had to learn that love is not the words. 
It's not just saying right. it. Right. That love is a verb. You have to live it. You have to show it. You have to act it, not just saying You're right. it. You're right. And so it was hard uh, saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. But you should know that I love you by the things that I'm doing. And that's great. Show what you're doing. Mean what you say as you do it. Right. And laughing together yeah. is one form of saying, oh, I love you so much. Right. And it does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is that is so sweet. I love it. But I'm going to switch perfect back sense. into the... Go because for it. Because that's a mental health factor It's a well. mental health factor. Yeah. Right. That people have to learn to love themselves. And you know, it's so interesting how the Bible speaks of loving the Lord thy God first. Yes. And yes. then the next is loving your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. But from a as mental yourself. health perspective, so many people don't love themselves. Oh. Would you say oh. that that's one of the reasons oh. that people treat people oh. the way that they do? Hurting people hurt people. Oh. I, mean, I am so you. happy you talked about loving self. Because as women, we give self away to everybody trying to do a good deed. We give ourselves to our family, our children, our jobs, our, our friends, our significant others. And when we wake up one day, we don't even know who we are because the more you give self away, the more somebody else needs self. Right. But like the Bible say, you know, and love thy, love thy neighbor as, as. as thyself, to thine own self be true. You have to know who you are, and you, you need to teach people how to treat you yes. by the way you yes. treat yourself. Yes. And when I fell in love with myself, I didn't see it as being selfish. I saw it as, and my husband taught me that. My husband taught me how to fall in love with, my, with self. My husband has always treated himself well. Gotcha. He exercised, he ate healthy, he uh, placed himself around healthy people, he spoke positive, he just loved, loved self. So when he had given himself everything he needed in the morning time. Then he would step out of self. Like the Bible say, love yourself, but no more than you ought to. Mm -hmm. So you can step out of self and be there for somebody else. Anything anybody gave him during that day was a bonus because he had already taken care of self. Got it. So when I learned how to love myself, yeah. there was a poem that I learned when I was in the seventh grade myself. I'm not going to say the whole poem, but I make sure my patients learn that poem. It's, uh, I have to live with myself and so. I want to be fit for myself to know. I want to be able, as days go by, always to look myself in the eye. I, you know, it, if you Google self, myself, yep. they would see it. I don't want to go through it all. But when you fall in love with self, you know yourself better than anybody. So you want to be the difference women, that you want to see. Women are taught to put others before, before themselves. And that's a, that's a myth. That should never happen. 
That should not. Then we grow up feeling deprived. Right. And we, angry. And we are yeah. very angry that we d- we woke up one day and <coughs> no one treated us the way we <coughs> treated them. Right. But you got to treat you. Teach people yep. how to love you by the way you love you. Right. Yes. That's the example. It's amazing. That I said. It is amazing. My um my sister is uh, sixty years old, and she's at the oldest in our family, and she is just doing this right now. Mm, great. She is just doing great. this right now. But you know, and Henry, it's, um, unma- it's amazing to to watch her. But it's not too late. No. Henry David Thoreau says, anytime is a good time if you know what to do with it. So take the time today. Yeah. And just do it. Don't say, oh, gosh, I wasted all my life and I didn't do this. Do it now. Yep. And if it can be done, that was my motto when I first opened my practice 22 years ago. My motto was and still is, if it can be done, do it now. Right. Because now it's all we have. Yep. And Benjamin E. Mays made that statement, we only have 60 seconds. It's only a minute, but eternity is in it. So if it can be done, do it now. Love it. Wow. Love very that. inspirational. Very, very, very much so. Appreciate and, it. And um, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for I'm inviting happy you're me. you're here because you're, also, you're my friend. I am your friend. You are my friend. And that friend. is so important, especially... With women, right? You know, we can find every right. reason in the world to not get along yes. with each other, but there is power. In and future. with the chick in charge, with this women's empowerment movement, yes. we are all going to be better as a result of it, and as a result of you being on this show. Well, thank you so very much for uh, inviting me, and you are doing such a terrific job. To and God so be the glory for us to instill in other women. We are so very important. We are so very valuable. And we got to start uplifting other women. And when we see women, you know, tell them, you look beautiful today. You have a beautiful smile. You know, these accolades are recognize 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 our value. Recognize our self-worth. And you do that. And I do that. And let me just tell you before leaving about this friendship thing. It cannot be surfaced. It has to be so solid that you can tell me, as you do, but let me just take you on a little trip, and let me just tell you about yourself. You know, you don't know how successful you are. You don't know this, and you don't. You have to tell the person their weaknesses. You have to tell them what you see is a fault. And if that friend can't handle it, that's not a true friend. You don't always have to be laughter and joy, but help each other to grow. Because he who is not busy growing is busy dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you a question about friendship, Dr. Joyce. Yes. Um, Some of my friends I have met when they were in a bad spot in their lives. And for whatever reason, I've realized that upon meeting them uh i have a i have a great girlfriend who i I met and she was in a very 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 bad spot when i met her and for some reason i thought i I realized that she was having a hard time in her life and that there was going to be more down the road um friendships aren't always easy they're not um 
and and this friend in particular was just like I can't believe that you stayed being my friend when you met me and I was so horrible and I was upset all the time and I was and I was like but I knew you were in a place that's right and that there was something coming that's right for us that's right so I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say here I just think that that friendships are not always they're not perfect they're not easy and if you want to have a relationship with someone you have to take the good with the bad and you have to and you have to encourage that person that this is just a part of the journey. If right. you were traveling on a highway right. and you reached a bad spot, you don't get off that highway just because it's a bad spot. Right. You Going. keep traveling to to the journey that you're on. Right. And especially if you know that this friend is worth it. Absolutely. If this friend is trying to navigate on this journey and you can be an asset to this friend, don't leave her. She yeah. needs you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you stayed. Me too. Me too. too. (laughs) Now, I want to circle back uh, for a couple of other questions on mental health. Okay. When people come to see you, do they realize that they're coming to see you because they want to get better? Some of them. Some of them want to be better. And half of the people, 50% of the people who come to see me, they come for one reason. And that's not the real reason they are coming. Mm. They think they are in a crisis, and they don't know how to get out of it. But oftentimes, it's a whole different reason why they are coming. And when we talk and get a breakthrough, and we are honest with ourselves, and we really want to change. See, when you come to see me, you have to want to change. And change is difficult. Right. Change is very, and when we're in that comfortable place, we won't change. Right. You have to be uncomfortable in order to change. And so once you know how difficult it is to change, and you say, but I want to go all the way, then I can work with you. Because we will go down that narrow road and change. But until the pain remains in the same, is greater than the pain of change, everything remains the same. Right. So when we come in and we sit down and we own, we own our challenges, what is it that you really came here for? Because oftentimes, Ms. Walker, most of my clients feel like mental illness and mental health is the same thing. And it's not. Right. I don't treat mental illness. That is a doctor, a medical doctor, or a psychiatrist. That is a brain disorder for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, like schizophrenic, bipolar, things that require drugs and medication. I don't do that. I treat mental health. And mental health is like your physical health. It is your cognitive behavior, how one thinks, how one makes decisions, how one makes choices. Because you are the choice you make. And it's nothing wrong about being mental healthy. Right. And if you are not mental health healthy, you can bet you will have physical problems. Yep. Strokes, headaches, palpitation of the heart, all of these things can be eliminated when you see your therapist. And I do have a therapist. I see a therapist every three months. So I don't transfer whatever my pain or my challenges are. Right. 
And I do have them. Of course, you're but only human. I go and talk to somebody so I can have that space and I do not transfer my, my problems. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. From a business perspective, from a business perspective, women like ourselves, we just go, 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 and go. At what point, or if ever, do you recommend that we stop? I heard you say that you stop and see your therapist for three months, uh, every three months. I seldom stop to see mine, except when I come visit. Oh, you see me. And that's what I mean, when I come see, I come visit. Yes. So at, at one point, how, what advice can you give us to help us determine where we are in the cycle? Do we need someone to talk to? How do we select the best therapist for ourselves? Not only a therapist. Therapist is just one part of treating ourselves. But we have to get away. Just get away from the telephones. Get away from the crowds. Get away from the family. Go somewhere. You don't have to go to the Bahamas like I do every three months. <laughs> but you can go to Savannah. You can go. That's to a good idea, here. though. Yeah. I like but that idea. But you have to get away <laughs> and just be with yourself. You have to pamper yourself. Go to the spa. Go to the gym. Eat healthy. Laugh. Laugh a lot. Yep. Look in the mirror. If you go to my office, and you have been in my office, but you would see that I teach by mirrors. Because a lot of times women don't want to look in the mirror. Right. Because they don't like themselves. Yeah. Get in the mirror every day. Hug yourself. Be good to yourself. And, and when you are good to yourself, it's easy to step out there and be good to somebody else. And we're all going to have stress. Right. And, that, and that's another thing that really encompasses our lives and, and has a deleterious effect on us is stress. We use that word stress so loosely. Right. I'm so stressed out. I'm stressed. I said, well, what is stress? They don't even know. Right. But stress is any demand placed on the body and the body's reaction to it. What stresses out Mrs. Parker may not stress me. It may motivate me. And there is good stress. We don't realize that when we talk about stress, we're talking about negative stress. Right. But there is good stress. It's called eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. You know, your, your, your daughter's getting married. Right. She's having her first baby. You get a promotion on the job. You get a new job. All of that's good stress. It's temporary stress. And it will eliminate itself or minimize itself because stress is always with us. Bad stress is called distress, unemployment a death of a loved one, right. anything that really stays with us and we need therapy to kind of help us to walk through it. Right. So we're looking at stress, good stress, and we're looking at stress, bad stress. So we have to learn how to either neutralize it or manage it because it's never going to go away. Quick, a quick question for you. Yes. Don't, women, women think that they have to be stressed, I think, sometimes. Well, I think women are harder on women right. than they are on anybody else. We are our worst critic. And I have to impress upon the women I see, pat yourself on the back, give yourself accolades, hug yourself, be thankful for self, because what you recognize in others is there for you too. 
So treat yourself really kind so you can step out of self and be there for someone else. Fantastic. Oh, that's so fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love it. You have done, you, you've actually opened up some great areas for us to begin yes. thinking. And, and I know myself, um, I, and thankfully I can identify the negative as well as the good stresses um, good. Uh, within my day. Good. But this is great. I'm going to schedule an appointment and it will be official <laughs> because I want to learn more about this mental health thing. I don't want to be a you. mental case before I have to start doing no, something. Absolutely. So we will, I will follow up with an appointment with you. Dr. Joyce, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank We're you gonna so much. We're going to have you back. Well, thank you so We're much. We're going to have thank you back. Thank you for inviting me. And it's always a pleasure for me to get the opportunity to inspire others that mental health is a good thing. Yes. It is a good thing. And thank you again. It's very nice meeting you, Sarah, and Port. And I look forward to coming back again. Thank, thank you so very much. Thanks, Port. Thank Thanks, you, Port. Thanks, Sarah. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.